You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our student pastor, Eric Miker. I believe for the majority of the last uh, few months when I get in the pulpit, I go right into the message. Uh, but today I'm going to share a little bit with you. Um, the last couple times I've shared my testimony about having the strokes and should have died or been in a nursing home, I, I felt uh, kind of uncomfortable. I felt like I was uh, maybe wearing that out. And uh, Friday, you know, that's the voice of the enemy. And uh, Friday, I got a text from Lisa Bennett, which I, I got to tell you about the text, all right? Um, she doesn't like the text, so she wrote it down on three notebook patent, uh, sticky notes, took a picture of it, and sent it to me. That's my kind of girl right there. And uh, in that text, she said, Pastor, I've got a good friend of mine, and she's saved, but her husband's not. And he didn't want anything to do with church. And by the way, Jody and Kristen, they're watching us right now, live stream. And he didn't want anything to do with church. And she kind of forced him into watching us on live stream. And then it got to the place he would say, hey, honey, they're getting ready. Come on, get it on the TV. And uh, so they started watching us on uh live stream. Well, Friday night, this man's 51 years old. Friday night, he went to sleep and he was fine. Sometime during the night, he had a stroke. And um, he woke up Friday morning and he lost his sight in his right eye. And uh, his right side was um, left impaired. I don't know the proper way to say it. He's got some difficulties. So on that picture text that she sent me, she said, I think he would really appreciate it if you called him. So I called this number that she sent me and it was his wife and his wife told me the whole story and um, about him not wanting to go to church and didn't want to hear about it and how she kind of forced him and one thing led to another and she said he, he really likes you. And I said, uh, I'll be there in about 15 minutes. I was sitting out here in the parking lot. So I walked in their room and uh, he just lit up. And we sat and we talked a little while. And uh, numerous times he said, I just feel like I know you. And then he would say, you know, after getting to know you, and he had never met me before. And he said, and you talked about your strokes. And he said, you know, you just seem like a normal guy. <laughs> he said, you just seem like a man that's down to earth. He said, I was watching you preach a few Sundays ago and you got down on the floor and imitated a chicken. <laughs> and I said, Jody, I put my pants on the same way you do, one leg at a time. So I had the opportunity to lead him to Jesus Christ. He's born again, blood-bought, and saved. Several times he mentioned some of the crazy things that I've said. And he said, it made me feel like I knew you and like you was just, you know, normal. I, I don't think I'm normal by any means of the imagination. But there is times that on Monday, the staff will say to me, I can't believe you said what you said. Or my wife or my kids, oh, why did, why did you say... To be honest with you, probably the majority of the compliments I get when people leave here on Sunday morning, and I'm just being honest, is, Pastor, we like you because you're real. And I've been an open book 
for over 29 years and it has worked pretty well for me just to be who I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace and I love God and I don't mind telling everybody, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. I wanna talk to you this morning, I mean that. Uh, I want you to hear me today. I wanna want teach something that I believe it will help us all. I wanna speak about a man in the Old Testament by the name of Lot. This has been on my mind for a few weeks now and I started preparing it and I finished it this week. Lot, the title of the message is, A Saved Soul, A Lost Life. A saved soul, I believe there's a lot of saved souls in the house, but I wonder how many's losing their life there is no better way to encourage ourselves and one another than studying the lives of those in the Bible that has already been down that journey that you and I are on this morning. No better way than to look back and to learn from them. Romans chapter 15, verse four. And whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning. Do you hear that? For whatsoever things was written in this Bible is for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Pastor Aaron, go ahead and bless the reading of the word of God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that we can come into your house and worship you, Lord God. Lord, we're thankful for your word, Lord God. And Father, we want to learn from it. Lord, we want your strength. We want your righteousness to be our, our righteousness. We want it to be the strength in our heart, Lord God. Every day that we face, Lord God, it's a different day. So Father, I pray today, Lord God, that we would learn from Lot, Lord God that we would learn to put our faith in you, Lord God, and to put our whole heart into you and become a God chaser, Lord God, after you. Father, I pray for pastor and everything that he studied, Lord God. May it flow the way that you want it to. Lord, I pray a hedge of protection over us and a blessing upon us in the name of Jesus. And amen. You may be seated this morning. The scriptures were written for our learning. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you learning anything? They were written for our learning, for our instruction. It amazes me the people that do not want any instruction. They want to do it their way. Well, then go get a job at Burger King, okay? The scripture's written for our direction. Many people are moving around and going here and there and have no direction. No direction. And we've got the word of God that is written that will give us direction. How about guidance? Isn't the scriptures written for guidance that will guide us? So scripture brings us warning about the dangers and the pitfalls which confront us. This walk as a Christian, in, in my opinion, is not an easy walk. What an easy walk is, now nah, I just go with everybody else and I'll just get hammered tonight. What an easy walk is, yeah, ain't nobody looking around, I'll step out on my wife. What an easy walk is, nobody looking, nobody's going, no, I'll smoke a little of this, you know. An easy walk is just go downstream with everybody else that's moving. And if you want to walk that walk, you won't have very hard time finding somebody to go with you. Any, you've heard me say, any old crippled fish can go downstream. But it takes a strong fish to go upstream. This thought, I didn't read it anywhere, it's been on my mind. You may disagree with me, but you have every right to be wrong. <laughs> it is easier to enter into heaven than it is to walk the journey while we're here on earth that God wants us to walk. Because God wants us to walk on this journey 
with a little taste of heaven here on earth. You say, well, I don't really believe that. Well, there was a thief on the cross that never got down to be baptized or go to a men's conference or, or go to a Bible study. And the Lord said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You can be saved and your soul can be saved, but you can lose your life. And I'm going to prove it to you by the word of God. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, now all these things happen unto them for in samples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh, he standeth, take heed lest he fall. My God help us. The things that happen to the believers of Israel are examples uh, and they are warnings for you and I. So we begin with a word of warning as we look at the life of Lot. Go with me to 2 Peter if you have your Bibles and we should have. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 6 through 9. Somebody say, Lot was a saved man. Verse six, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. There we, we've got an example coming to us. And delivered just Lot. Listen about Lot. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Then in verse eight, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Just as God rescued Lot from Sodom, he is able to rescue us from the temptations and the trials that we face every single day in a wicked world. We do not just want to be rescued for a heaven to gain. We should want to be rescued to be brought out of the wickedness of the world while we are in this world, but we are not of this world and to be able to walk a godly walk uh, until the Lord finally rescues us and takes us home to be with God. If you understand what I'm saying, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. You and I do not have to surrender to the temptations and the trials of this world. The Bible says we are more than a conqueror. Do you hear me? We are more than a conqueror. My God is able to make a way of escape. Uh, uh, there's a young man here uh, that's been sober now over 30 some days. Uh, he, he's not worried about just being saved. Uh, uh, he's worried about, hey, let me get out of this life uh, and walk with God. It, why don't we encourage him and give him a hand clap this morning, amen? So Lot was not sinless, but he put his trust in God and was spared when Sodom was destroyed. So if in New Testament language, Lot was a saved man, but he was a worldly Christian who had a saved soul, but a lost life. And I'm nobody's judge, and I struggle with that. And I'm sure I'm the only one in the house. Well, let me tell you, I believe there's a lot of people that are saved, their soul is saved, but they are not walking the life on this planet that God wants them to walk, and every one of us can do a better job than what we're doing right now. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Life. Life. I've been telling everybody I enjoy every day. I love it. I love it. I ran into a Mike Mann's son at the wedding last night, Hunter, and 
Hunter's in his 20s, and Hunter told me he's been cancer-free now a year this past Thursday, and, and, and we talked a little bit, and I didn't recognize him. He came up, and boy, he was full of energy, and, and he's talking to me, and, and, and I thought, who is this guy? And, and he went back over, and I'm watching him, and he sat down with his parents, and I thought, wow, that's Hunter, because you know, he'd lost his hair. Before, when I seen him, he had a hat, and now he's got all kind of uh, hair, and so I went over, and I hugged him, and, and we got to talking about life, and he said, man, when you think you're gonna die, and you get touched, and your life is spared. He looked at me, he said, you think about life a lot different. Let me tell you something, you're gonna die. If the Lord tarries and he doesn't come back, you're gonna die and I'm gonna die. So why do we gotta wait to a report to look at life differently? Why don't we get a little bit of heaven in our walk here on earth right now and learn from this man that we're studying about and let God show up in our lives and not only rescue us and put our name down in heaven, but walk every day filled with the Holy Ghost with his guidance and with his direction. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Life. James 4 and 14 said, what well, you know not what tomorrow will bring. What is your life but a vapor, a vapor that appears for a little while then it vanishes away. So let's learn from the sad story of Lot. Lot walked by sight and not by faith. We'll say it again, Lot walked by sight and not by faith. The true hallmark of a believer is that you and I walk by faith and not by sight. Do you hear me? It's the word of God in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Worldly believers reverse that order. They would rather walk by sight instead of walking by faith. Lot lived by sight. The worldly believer lays up treasures on earth and has little or no treasures laid up in heaven. My God help us. Life, James said, is but a vapor, short. Jesus said, heaven is forever. Where should we lay up our treasures? We should be laying them up in heaven because what we've got here on earth is going to be left here for your children to fist fight over it. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. he's talking about your kid. <laughs> Christ says that a person is not to focus his life on earthly riches, material possessions. There's a difference in having money and money having you. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. People misquote that 98% of the time. They'll say money is the root of all evil. No, that's not what Jesus said. He said the love of money is the root of all evil. Be careful. It's amazing how when we get to the palace, what a message Pastor Dave preached we have a few things in our life we no longer need to focus that we should have on God. Be careful. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you laying anything up? Lot made his home and he reared his children in the wicked city of Sodom. He deliberately chose to do so. So here's what we learn. Let's look at Genesis chapter 13, verse 12. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Pitched his tent looking at a wicked city. What are you looking at? Where's your tent facing? What is your tent facing? But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Abram, on the other hand, lived where he could prosper spiritually. Wow. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Isn't that what the Bible teaches us? Lot lived where he could prosper within the world. Abram knew what any thinking and honest person knows. Fellowshipping with the wicked of this earth contaminates a person. Now, I know this is probably not real politically correct and I really don't care, but my dad used to say, you lay down with the dogs, you'll get up with the fleas. And someone right now, I can't believe he said someone's a dog. It's an illustration, okay? <laughs> you lay down with the dogs, you'll get up with the fleas. Do you hear me? You want to be delivered? You want to come out of that darkness? You have got to separate yourself from the world and you've got to follow God's people because the Bible said iron sharpens iron. They're not going to help you in the club. They're not going to help you in this culture that we live in. There's only one's going to help you. All my hope is in Jesus Christ. You better see where your tent, where you're looking at, what you're seeing. Do you hear me? Come on, give him a hand clap and a a shout of praise. Somebody say at first. Lot only pitched his tent towards Sodom. At first. How many's heard the old saying, give the devil an inch and he'll take a mile? Go ahead. Yeah, you don't need to come Sunday night. No, you don't need, you need, you don't need to worry about men's conference. No, man. You, what are you doing that stuff for? That's not cool. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. He better leave that alone. <laughs> At first, Lot only pitched his tent towards Sodom. But later, somebody say, but later. We find him living in Sodom. Hmm? What a lesson to learn here. A, a prosperous citizen now of Sodom and holding a high position. And he started out, he wasn't living there. He just pitched his tent there and was looking that direction. David, David was on the rooftop. <laughs> he wasn't living over there. He just looking that direction. You know where I'm headed, don't you? Huh? Where are you living at? Where are you, what, what are you looking at? Pornography on your phone? Got your soul saved, but you're losing your life. Boy, it's quiet in here. Huh? A prosperous citizen now of Sodom and holding a high position. He was worried more about his financial gain and his position than he was his whole life and his whole family. And we're going to look at his family. Can I tell you family still matter? Even though the culture today will tell you there's no such thing, or, you know, it's not that important. Uh, uh, there are many against the nuclear family, a, a man and a woman, but in God's eyes, uh, in God's biblical plan, it's still a man and it's still a woman, and them having children and rear, raising them up in the fear and admonition of God Almighty and bringing their family to church uh, and singing amazing grace and look what the Lord has done. Uh, you, you go ahead and let the world, the world and the culture tell you, it's okay, church. Uh, just go ahead and put your tent looking right towards Sodom. But I'm here today to tell you that that is a lie from the devil and you better get your tent changed. You better change direction. You better focus upon the cross, uh, upon the Bible and get your eyes off of the wicked and get your hands to the air and praise God. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! So Lot was now actually living in Sodom within the wicked city itself. He had become a part of the worldly environment. Have you become a part of the worldly environment? Wow, what I'm about to say. He never intended to drift away into the world of pleasure. Nobody ever intended to become an alcoholic. Nobody ever intended to become a drug addict. A prostitute. Nobody ever intends uh, when they stand at the altar and say their vows to their spouse. Uh, and no, no one ever intended to have an affair. Well, that, that's probably wrong because I'm sure there has been some. What I'm trying to say is the devil don't tell you the end. He tells you the beginning. 
Lot never intended to end up where he was. What Christian ever, what Christian ever intends to get away from God or to dishonor God? What man of God in a pulpit ever started in a pulpit and intended to have an affair and, and destroy the whole church? What one ever intended? Nobody ever intends to do these things. Before long, his wife and his children were also in the worldliness of Sodom. Well, don't worry about coming to no men's conference because it's just to get together. No, it's mighty men of God coming together and getting fueled up by the spirit and by the word of God so that they can lead their family and not end up in a place called Sodom and families being divorced and split and falling apart. Do you hear what I'm talking about, men? You want to step up and be a man and you want to say, I'm going to be the priest of my household. Do you hear? Is anybody hearing what I'm preaching today? Because the devil won't show you the end. He'll show you the beginning. My goodness, God help us. Before long, his wife and children were also in this worldliness of Sodom. If you study Lot, Lot lost all. His possessions, his home, his property, his livestock, his money, everything. Lot was left with nothing but the clothes on his back. What a terrible place to be. What a terrible place to be and I see it happen to people. God calls for separation. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Peter speaking of a person who has learned about Christ has learned how to be saved, but then he rejects the truth and he returns to his sin. He's worse off than he was when he started. Can I tell you what happened to Lot? Lot was out of touch with God. Don't act like we haven't been there. Lot was out of touch with God. He lost the consciousness of the presence of God. Can you imagine when you pick up that phone and there's that website, if you would just understand and realize that the presence of God is there and you're looking and nobody is around you or you're flirting with somebody else's wife or, or whatever you may be doing and, and, and you say, well, I, I won't get caught. Can I tell you, you're already caught. Because God never sleeps and God never slumbers and, and God knows exactly our thoughts before we ever think them. And Lot, somewhere along the journey, had lost the presence of God. Don't lose the presence of God, church. Do you hear me? Don't lose the presence of God. I made it clear yesterday before we closed on Friday night, all these men from other churches came and, and yesterday and they said, wow, what a facility. And I know what they're saying, but I let them know before we close, we are thankful for the facility, but the facility is not what is important. It is the move of God that is in this house. Don't get caught up with everything around us uh, and lose the presence of God because it's the presence of God that will change uh, your life. It's the presence of God that will rescue you. It's the presence of God that will give you joy, uh, unspeakable and full of glory. It's the presence of God that will raise your children. It's the presence of God that will heal your marriage. It's the presence of God that will finance your dreams uh, and without the presence of God this building will deteriorate. Somebody stand and give God a hand clap of praise for his presence. Woo! Woo! Somebody say, Woo! Give him a hand clap. Bless his name. Genesis 13 and 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after, I underline that, that Lot was separated from him. After, 
I want to go over to Job just for a minute and notice the word. Job 23 and 3, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. One of the topics in the men's meeting is nobody's disqualified. No matter where you've been in life right now, no matter what you've done, you are not disqualified. You come to him. Because in my father's house, as we sang about, there's a place for you. A lot lost the experience of the peace of God. There is nothing like, even in the midst of adversity, when there is storms going on in my life, and I know that I'm right where God wants me to be. And I know that it's not, this storm has not come because of some sin in my life. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Don't lose the presence of God. And don't lose the presence of God. And the peace, I'm sorry, and the peace of God. Second Peter, chapter two, verse six through nine. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And delivered just Lot, vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelling among them is seeing to hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with her unlawful deeds. And the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Psalms chapter 34 and 14, these verses I didn't give to the media, I did it just moments before I came out. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. You want peace, you gotta seek it. You gotta pursue it. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Where are you at, good buddy? Boss Hall. I'm in pursuit. How many people we really got in pursuit? Pursuit. Isaiah 26 and 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. John chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you these things. Here's the example. So that in me you may have peace, in this world you will have trouble. I'm a people watcher. It's amazing, the older I get, the more I'm like my dad. My dad, you go over to the mall and sit down on the bench, he watches every person coming by. Somebody sit down, he knew their name, their address, their date of birth, social security number, where they worked, he knew it all. We're down on the beach in Florida and it was packed. And I'm a people watcher. And can I tell you what they're looking for? They're looking for some peace. You can look at people and tell they was troubled. Let me tell you, I, I was standing in my office this morning and I watched the young people coming here today. It, it just thrilled my soul. I watched four young men walk by the window over there. I, I don't know that I've ever seen them before. You're here today. I look over here, just young people everywhere. Right there's the four guys that I've seen coming in here. I should have noticed it was with the Philippi bunch. <laughs> and uh, listen to me, young people, you'll find no peace in this world. You'll find nothing but trouble, but trouble. Stand with me, and that means nothing. Stand with me, please. We are told that the wickedness of the Sodomites distressed the soul of Lot. <laughs> the Sodomites, him hanging out with those distressed his soul. Who are you hanging around? What are you listening to on the radio? 
His conscience was troubled and it stung him. Isaiah 57 and 20, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast upon mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked, standing at the beach, and the waves come in. When they're coming in, it looks pretty clear. When they hit, they start to go back. All that filth comes up. When you start to go back, all that filth comes up. Lot had no influence. Wow. Lot had no influence for God. He didn't look like a man of God. He didn't walk like a man of God. He didn't act like a man of God. He didn't talk like a man of God. What do you look like? What do you look like? Nobody dreamed he was a man of God. Does anybody know you're a man or a woman of God? Ooh, she's quiet in the house. As a believer, he should have exerted a powerful influence for the Lord. He was no influence. Are you an influence? Or is your soul saved, but you're losing your life? Nobody dreamed he was a man of God. Isn't that sad, Pastor Rita? That's sad. I would, I would be so disappointed in you, Pastor Rita, if nobody knew you was a woman of God. Huh? As a believer, he should have been an influence. He had no influence with the men of Sodom. For reference only, you can go to Genesis 19, verses 7 through 9. They laughed him to scorn. They laughed him. The men of Sodom must have despised Lot. And can I tell you, the world still despises a half-hearted Christian, a backslidden. They don't want to hear what your God can do when you're just curled right up next to them. Oh, boy. The men of Sodom, they just laughed at him. He had no influence with the men of Sodom, but you know what's worse than that? He had no influence with his children. I've led, I don't know, I want to say thousands, but definitely hundreds of people of the Lord. Could you imagine if I had no influence with my children? How about it, guys? Are you an influence in your home? I don't need that men's conference stuff. I don't need them Bible stuff. I don't need them life groups. Uh, save soul, lost life. But it don't only affect your life. Behold, now I have two daughters, Lot says, which have not known a man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do you to them as is good in your eyes only until these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. He's going to give up his daughters to protect his guest. How could any father give up his daughters to be ravished by a mob of perverts? We do it every day when we hand them a cell phone. And we never monitor I got a buddy of mine here today and they got a little boy. He's something else. Say so he ain't got no iPad. He got John Deere tractor. <laughs> got cows. Gave up his daughters just to protect two strangers. We'd rather be away with our buddies and leave our daughters at home grown up That's a verse that makes us shudder, honestly, but there's one that's even worse. Genesis 19 and 14, and Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters and said, up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one 
that mocked him to his sons-in-law. Lot was warned by the angels to save his family. For the city was to be destroyed because of its wickedness. Lot warned his family and they ridiculed him. And they mocked him because he had no influence. His own personal testimony was meaningless. Meaningless. I looked over at the men's conference and Trevor sitting beside of Pastor Aaron. My son Cody came down front and sat beside of me all Friday night and all day Saturday. We prayed with our sons and our sons prayed for us. I don't need that. I don't need that. Well, I do. I do. Oh boy, I'm gonna get in trouble, but I've been there before. But you'll be the first one at a ball game. Practice till 10 o'clock at night, little league, peewee ball. Can I tell you, ain't none of them going to the MLB? And maybe I shouldn't have said none. But you know, you know it's an illustration. Ah, help me, Jesus. Where was I? His own personal testimony was meaningless. He had failed. Oh, God. He had failed to lead his family to God. My mom and dad really never, and I didn't understand it then, Lynn. My mom and dad, they, they didn't go to my ball games. They dropped me off or sent me with somebody. Once in a while, mom would come and watch the Little League. More than dad. Dad was where I told my kids, my dad was working. But I can tell you what they did. They influenced my life. Because I've never seen anybody more faithful. Had no one, no influence with his children. He had no influence with his wife. I don't need that men's conference. We had a man stand here the other night and said, I read through this book and I had to go apologize to my wife. He said, I thought I'd been treating her good and, and I've been treating her bad. No influence with his wife. In Genesis 19 and 26, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt, tells us her disobedience and her tragic end. The spouse of a backsliding believer loved the world and was judged. Men, you got an overwhelming responsibility. How could it get any worse? Lot went from bad to worse and he became hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. In Genesis 19 and 15, and I read it, and when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of this city. Listen to verse 16, and it just kind of gripped me. And while he lingered, how long are you going to linger? The men laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him and brought him forth and set him without the city. Lingered. Why was he lingering? Lot's desire was still to linger in the world. What's your desire? We see an urgent warning. Hurry. Get out, lest you become consumed. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you a lot more than you're willing to pay. Lot hesitated, which tells us that his conscience was seared. How slow he was to obey God, even when God had warned him of future judgment. Have we been warned? 
2 Thessalonians 1 and 7, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and they that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Those are some solemn words for each one of us. How long will you linger? Lot lost his honor. He was in shame. He laid with his own daughters. Read it. You like a hot novel? Read it. Debauchery, weakness, deceit, drunkenness, and incest. And when he pitched his tent, Pastor Rita, he never intended to be there. I've dug a pretty deep hole today. I might as well take another shovel or two. I was in Kentucky Fried Chicken Friday. I didn't tell her. <laughs> I was there by myself eating that fried chicken. One of the men from the church said, he was sitting in there eating, he had a coworker, new Christian. And he said to me, he said, uh, he got up and he come over, he said, I gotta ask you something before I leave. I knew where he was going. My wife and I was in Mia Margarita's a couple weeks ago. And they came in and one sat down, they, they sat down and he ordered a beer and uh, he told me in Kentucky Fried Chicken, he said, his wife whispered and said, well, I'd like to have a glass of wine with the pastor sitting over there. <laughs> he said, where's the church on that? And I said, well, let me just tell you how I stand. I said, I was raised, if you drank a beer, you went to hell. That's the way I was raised. But I'm not in the judgment seat. my 30 years, Pastor, I've never counseled anybody that any good came from it. Nobody. Man, I'm all over it this morning, ain't I? Huh? So I shared with this man, I said, listen, you ain't gonna worry about what the pastor sees. And I said, this is all new to you. And I'm encouraged that you would even ask. Well, let me tell you something. If you gotta hide it from the pastor, it might be a conviction because I ain't the one that wrote your name down in heaven. And I said to him, I said, listen, when your children see this kind of lifestyle and they follow your steps and one of them picks up a drink, they never intended to be an alcoholic. The guy driving down the road and hits somebody head on and loses his job and his, his career and, and, and everything just messed up. Never intended, never intended. Take heed lest you fall. So finally, Lot was literally saved, saved by fire. Zechariah three and two and the Lord said, unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke ye thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? So let me compare that to 1 Corinthians 3 and 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. If you are generally an honest Christian, a true believer, and have weaknesses, you will suffer loss, but you will still be saved. So Steve, it's my goal to lay up all the treasures in heaven that I can lay up. And, that's, and it's not my job to clean you because I can't even clean myself. It's my job to catch you as a Christian, to bring you into the kingdom 
and let him clean you up. Let's be careful where we pitch our tent because you'll have no influence in the world and you'll have no influence in your family. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to read something here to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. I've been crying for two days. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work, listen to this please. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, listen to me, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I don't only want to be saved by fire. I want to walk with God here, and I want to lay up treasures. All over this place, I'll speak to believers, to Christians, Is there areas in your life that you feel like maybe you've pitched your tent in the wrong direction? Would you slip your hand up high? Slip your hand up high. Come on, church, be honest. Be honest. And I ask you to step out of that seat. Walk down here. Feel free to kneel down by yourself or go to one of our prayer partners on the corners here. But as Pastor Kerry begins to sing, come on, if you raised your hand, you know the Spirit of the Lord is tugging at your heart. I'm so proud of you, Bo. I am. I'm so proud of you. Some of you guys come and get around Bo. Young guy in the dark shirt right there. Come. Patrick, come. Come. Come, Jimmy. Come. Get around him. Some of you come, man. I'm telling you. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, are you here today and you've never given your life to Jesus? You've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sins? Friend, what are you doing? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Right where you're at, and I promise you, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to single you out. Right where you're at, slip up your hand high and say, today I want to give my life to Jesus. Oh, I, I, I believe somebody... The Lord speaking to somebody. Is there one in the house? Is there one? I'm going to tarry for a moment. Slip your hand up high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Is there any? I'm going to tarry for a moment. I'm not going to beg. Holy Spirit, if you're speaking to one, start within them. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 